Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody. This is the Al Wallace Show here on 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. 97.5 FM joining you here for the next 30 minutes on a Thursday. Going to be followed up by the afternoon rush. Going to have Mark Yarbrough, Bobby Rosinski, and in studio with me here today, Molly Cotton. How you doing, Molly? I am great, Al. I uh, feel a little bit of pain in my soul because it's your Friday, Al. Yeah, it's I wasn't Mark's mention it. Friday. It's Bobby's Friday. Oh, you weren't going to mention uh, it? Must be nice because I've heard from uh, others in the studio how it is their Friday. However, it is my Thursday uh, today, so I feel a little left out on the party, but uh, it's fine. I'll make it through. Now well, that you brought it up, I won't be here tomorrow. I'll be on the road. <laughs> Headed to Houston with the Charlotte 49ers. Maybe to the World Series. Maybe to the World Series. Still waiting on some people to make some things happen. It's not looking good. I know a lot of people um, are looking for those tickets. Uh, big big game one there in Houston, but it's not looking too good. But nevertheless, we do what we do on Fridays on the road trips. We'll, we'll find a, a nice venue to watch the game and to uh, get ourselves fully hydrated for the Charlotte Rice game on Saturday because what's you know better than having a fully hydrated broadcast team on game day and that's what Bobby and I do on Thursdays. But it's got important. A, <laughs> it's important. Got a good show for you here today. We're going to talk a little weekend matchups, college football, the NFL. Going to have that at two forty-five. And to give you some of the keys to victory for this Carolina Panthers game as they go down to Atlanta to take on the three and four Falcons. Going to have that in about that about two thirty and about two fifteen. We'll talk about that Charlotte Rice game. What the Charlotte 49ers need to do against the Rice Owls to come away with the victory. Obviously, we know Coach Will Healy is out as head coach, interim offensive line coach. Pete Rosamondo will be taking over. We're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. They're in the middle of their work week today, Molly. They're out on the field. We saw some guys kind of miss practice yesterday. I know there's some some illnesses going around. I know my kids uh, – you know, started to not feel very well over the last 24 hours. So we kept them home from school from some reports of some things going around. But yeah, the, the respiratory, it's even yeah. in dogs, by the way. Dogs. Yes. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, the children, like, I hope for the best. Yeah, but yeah, that's can we true. Get a break? Stanley like, County shut down some schools because of it. Yeah, no, no breaks allowed. I mean, it just feels like we go from one thing to the next. And then if it's not flu season, it's this respiratory deal. Just want to be able to enjoy the fall and the pumpkins and get ready for Thanksgiving and the holiday season without worrying about the little ones 
uh, you know, having a little sniffle around here, but they're enjoying it. They're home, finally. They're missing school. They're playing like nothing's wrong. So I think it was they're precautionary. Good. I don't make those, you know, big parent calls or when the kids go well, to school. Well, I sent my I kid off. Of I'm just yeah. like, hey, cover up that nasty snot running out yeah. of your nose. Let just me get, get that through real the fast. Door, right? Yes, that's, that's exactly what it is. Parent then when they call, oh, I don't right? know. I, it wasn't coughing when I when you yeah. left when I dropped them off. But that's a part of it. But the Carolina Panthers, man, I like, am I wrong? I know I'm wrong. I feel that I'm wrong deep in my core, Molly, for believing that this Panthers team, because of how they look this past weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that they can go to Atlanta and get this victory. I know I'm a, a former Panther. I know I might be considered a homer in some respects by my fandom for the team and being excited for PJ and DJ and the rest of the guys, the running game, going out there and getting it done. But tell me I'm not crazy for believing that this team can go uh, on the road and get this win. You are crazy, oh, Al. Gosh. And you are wrong. But if this is wrong, then we don't want to be right. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, that's you. how it is with Carolina. And this isn't as much as I am all in on the Carolina Panthers after beating Tom Brady and the Bucks. I mean, this Bucks team is just not. It's just not good. Uh, but I, I am not of belief that P.J. Walker has this team rolling. Steve Wilkes has this team rolling. But you're playing the Atlanta Falcons. And honestly, with the way that this season has gone, you could probably sub 28 other teams in there. But <laughs> yeah. instead of the Atlanta Falcons, you'd be like, nah. I'll give the Panthers a shot this weekend with how some of these teams have played. But look, it was a nice win, a good win, exciting at times offensively. Like for 170 yard per for performance for PJ Walker, I mean. it tells you how desperate and thirsty we are for any any sense, any taste of a real offense. And we got that Sunday. So enjoy it. I am enjoying it. While it is crazy and wrong to have faith that the Panthers will now make it two games in a row, I am right there with you, Al. I don't want to be, but it's hard not to. And a lot of it is, again, because the Falcons, a team that you're waiting on, all right, well, the reality check is going to come hitting them. They have Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback. Their roster overall wasn't all that good coming into this season. Yeah. We saw reality hit them against the Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe they have come back down to being that team we thought they'd be. Yeah, we watched this team against Cincinnati, and, and you know, we, we saw Joe Burrow just torch them for 400-plus yards. So, so be excited about that 177. Walker, Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference, but I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to be excited. If you want to give this show a call, you can reach out to us at 704-332-0173, or you can text us at 704-800-800. 48-27, but, you know, not a lot of injuries, but the one to notice that Tachuba Hubbard did not practice yesterday, haven't heard about his participation today. He's going to need to get out there on the field at least tomorrow to be uh, participating and playing in this game on Sunday. But, look, this rushing attack was good, 173 yards. That offensive line is much improved. I think it's the strength of what that line does, especially with Bradley Bozeman at center, back in that lineup. The lineup, the starting five that we had penciled in, we thought was going to be there when those acquisitions were made in the offseason. So they were really, really good. They still have Rasheen, uh, Raheem Blackshear, Spencer Brown to go with Deontay Foreman, who had 115 yards on 15 carries, was really, really good. And, and look, you heard from Coach McAdoo today at his presser. They didn't do anything special. They just committed to it. They 
decided this week that matchup, the game plan was to run downhill runs. And the offensive line created some gaps, and the running backs really hit it. And he talked about the excitement from those two guys, Hubbard and Foreman, really taking advantage of their opportunity and really going out there. You can see that by the pace that they played uh, the game, the way they hit the holes, how physical and hard and determined they were running. And we need to see that. We don't want it to be a flash in the pan, a one-hit wonder where they get us really high on that victory against Tampa Bay and then somehow we come down and it's back to reality where they are in a struggle pillow fight matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Now I have that competitive hatred with the Atlanta Falcons, so there's no mistake that I'm rooting for the Panthers and believe that they can go down there and win, but it's just not a good Falcons team. 151 yards, they're averaging in the air. Yeah, Marcus Mariota coming from Tennessee is a good story. Arthur Smith, the time they both spent there on on that Titans uh, roster, it looked better, but it's not a good football team. And if you're the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes, this is a good opportunity to put back-to-back performances on the field and at least kind of maybe win back this this crowd so you can have yeah. a decent turnout in the next home game? Yeah, uh, and when I start with, hey, I'm crazy and wrong and excited right there with you, Al, then I hear you say the name Ben McAdoo. I'm like, oh, yeah. right, that's how. That's why we're all crazy and wrong. And to be honest, that's where the, it stops for me. Like, there's clearly been a disconnect with Ben McAdoo and calling this offense. And maybe he was making it harder than he needed it to be with Christian McCaffrey. Maybe there is something to be said. Maybe this is a team that commits now to this run game. And it wasn't anything special then where was it the other games? Yeah. Where was it specifically against the Rams with P.J. Walker still as a starter? That's where the disconnects and the confusion comes for me. It's like, yeah, I, I can put belief in these players and this team, but as long as they're placed in the right positions. And I guess I need to see it a little bit more, and maybe it is this Sunday against Atlanta, and be like, oh, okay, it's clicked for this team. It's clicked for this coaching staff as well. And maybe Steve Wilkes and the energy he's brought, the change of philosophy he's yeah. brought will be enough. Again, we didn't see that against the Rams. We did see that this past weekend against the Bucs. So time will tell. But as as much as I think this team can at least put performances together where it doesn't leave such a terrible taste in your mouth, to be honest, it's the coaching staff and specifically Ben McAdoo, yeah. which holds me back from it, having any belief in this you team. You just want to see him be competitive. Look, I like food. I like going to restaurants. I like trying new things. I hate restaurants with gigantic menus. There is no doubt I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to try something. I'm going to see something that looks good on print, and it's not going to be very good. Give me limited options where I just can't make a bad mistake. Something nice and simple and But not easy. small plates, right? Not, not small plates. No. Do I look they like a small plate ex- Well, I don't know. They've got three a, opening around here yeah. in Charlotte. Like, what are we doing, I'm Charlotte? Need 50 we need to be better. small plates then. I'm a big boy, big eater, like – I don't want to keep having to ask you to bring me one like little rib at a time. It shouldn't some, happen. Some little, I don't know why it exists. Yeah, it's it's one of those you know fad things that's coming out. But yeah, so I think that's what happened with Ben McAdoo, right? You have Christian McCaffrey, you have you know Robbie Anderson, you got DJ Moore, you got Lavisca. Like, how can I get the ball? How can I be most creative? He's up there rubbing his hands, trying to come up with and reach back to the deepest depths of that playbook. And he's messing it up. You eliminate Robbie. You eliminate Christian. And now you have DJ. You have a downhill runner where you're not going to do all these fancies reverses and all these crazy things. And it looks good. 
It looks like a normal NFL offense. You line up Giovanni Ricci at fullback. You get in an I formation. You let that offensive line roll off the line of scrimmage. And guess what? Boom, 173 yards. So I think if you can stick to that formula, the defense is is not a major concern. I mean, they have their moments where they give up plays. But I think for the most part, and we'll get into some of the keys to victory later on here in the show, but – they just got to play football, man. They got to turn it over. They got to put pressure on Marcus Mariota, and I think they'll be okay. Quarterback, it's going to be P.J. Walker again. We knew that maybe right after the game when P.J. gets the game ball. Even with Baker Mayfield out at practice this week, he's going to be the backup. That's right, the backup to P.J. Walker. So um, we'll see how well P.J. plays. We know he's had some problems with some turnovers in his career here with the Carolina Panthers, but I do think if it goes left that they're going to be forced to put Baker back in there. I know he's going to be excited with some of those clauses and incentives that are built into that contract coming over from the Cleveland Browns. We'll get into some of those keys later on in the show, but when we come back here on the Al Wallace Show, we'll tackle Charlotte as they go to Houston and take on Rice. This is 730 The Game. And welcome back to the Al Wallace Show. This is a Thursday edition here on 7.30 the game, ESPN Charlotte in studio with Molly Cotton. Talk a little Carolina Panthers. I'm on the fence. I know we're going to have pick them tomorrow about where I'm going to go with this matchup for the Carolina Panthers. The Atlanta Falcons, I think, is a beatable team on paper, even with the struggles of the way you've the talked, team. Al. You're not on the fence. Yeah, we know like where I'm you're going. I feel yeah, like I'm you can't go it's Falcons a, after what I heard you talk about for 12 minutes. I don't think I can say Falcons and still have my pass in the stadium. It's I think true. They'll, they'll shut me out. So, as a former Panther, I think I have to go with the Panthers when they play the Falcons, win, lose, or draw. Might have to just take that one on the chin. But I hope they can get it done. I want to see this team at least give us another week of feeling good here about the direction of this program, this, this football team under Steve Wilkes, who, you know, everybody's rooting for. All the guys you heard from Shaq, you know, they're pulling for. They're trying to give him a leg up, so to speak, after his time in Arizona didn't go so well. Well, things haven't been going so well down at Jerry Richardson Stadium, the Charlotte 49ers this week relieve head coach Will Healy of his duties early on Sunday. This team was 2-12 and in its last 14 games, just really struggled, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Mike Hill had a press conference and talked about just not being able to get it done and, and things that you know need to be eventually done must be done right away. And, and once this team was no longer bowl eligible with the seventh loss that came on Saturday – homecoming against FIU, one of, you know, the worst teams in Conference USA, if we're being honest, Mike Hill made the decision to move away from Will Healy. And, you know, I know we talked about it on the Charlotte football pod, myself and Bobby Rosinski and uh, Niners Live on Monday. Will was good to me. He was fun to be around. Uh, Just sharing, just sitting down and, and sharing his time when he didn't have to you know, after some of the shows and and in the hotels and making us feel welcome and taking us on some incredible trips. I mean, we went to see, you know, Cowboy Stadium. Um, Where else did we go? College Football Hall of Fame when we were just in Atlanta. I mean, they don't have to include us in things like that, being on the broadcast team. Speaking of someone who's a sideline reporter for somewhere else, no, they don't have to include you. What? They don't don't (laughs) invite you in those things? Come on, Al. I can't tell you the amount of times I've sat at a bar by myself or had dinner by myself. On those road trips? Yep. It's not like Charlotte, I'll tell you that. 
Well, yeah, I, I look a, a big, huge part of it is what we do on Friday nights. Obviously, working with Bobby <laughs> for a long time. We we know each other. We understand how to to, to get it done. But Coach Healy was uh, a good man, and I thought the the players are going to have to deal with the loss because they really fought for him. They really love him. But it's a production business. He didn't get it done, and I think he understood that, and, and Mike Hill certainly understood that, and hopefully the fans understood the nature of the business of coaching and winning. And, look, this team is going to the American Athletic Conference, so there are a number of reasons why this move had to be made and, and why it had to be made now. But there are four games left. Coach Pete Rosamondo, he's the offensive line coach, going to still handle those duties for the Niners. They have to go to Houston and take on a Rice team that – it's improved. Uh, it's, it's improved over the last couple of years, and they've had some success. This is going to be another challenge, but it's been kind of closed off to the media, the practices, the preparation this week uh, as they get ready to go and get on that plane tomorrow and head uh, out to Houston. Um, but it's I don't know what to expect. I mean, I think I know what to expect from guys mainly like Chris Reynolds and Victor Tucker. Uh, Elijah Spencer, who's just been the foundation of this football team, didn't look like it at homecoming, FIU. They've struggled a little bit. I think they've pressed a little bit on that side of the ball because of uh, some of the deficiencies we've seen on the defensive side of the ball where they haven't been able to stop teams. Now, they've gotten better on the goal line and in red zone and turn teams away. Uh, we've seen them uh, create some turnovers, and I think they're going to have to do that again. But it's going to be, I think, a different-looking team, just like we saw from the Panthers with this coaching team. And hopefully Coach Rosamondo can make it uh, a, you know, a worthy four games for a lot of these seniors who will not play football after those matchups are done. And that's just what you hope for. I mean, it's been a brutal season for these guys returning, thinking that they had something to prove or they wanted to prove something for themselves and for this program. And now you won't even be making a bowl game in your final year, your final chances to play as a Charlotte 49er. And Rosamondo talking about maybe changes, really with the preparation and the practices uh, and how guys have responded to that. So you hope it, with this interim head coach and this the change of practices and preparations that there is that sense of new excitement that this these this group can look at these four games and really view it as maybe a new season and yeah. and end things in a positive way. And I think schedule-wise could match up pretty well for the Charlotte 49ers. I know we've talked about Western Kentucky. They obviously yeah, don't have good. Bailey Zappi anymore, but they're still a very good team. So that one, I don't think it's a surprise that they're underdogs, but you could at least go out in this remaining schedule and really compete against these teams. And obviously that's all that you're hoping for. And, and some wins for these guys and these individuals. I mean, they decided to come back, and I can guarantee you that the process of everyone deciding to come back, it, it goes Chris Reynolds is coming back. Victor Tucker, let's run it back. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. Now you got guys signing up. Marquise Watts, who hasn't had the greatest year uh, on the defensive side, those two captains. So it, they just have to figure it out. They have to play well. And motivation could be a big factor, whether you're honoring the interim head coach, who seems like those guys like, look, I mean, I think you guys talked to him. He's a he's a different cat now. He's different than Will Healy. Not in a, a bad way, but there are some differences. Like, he, it's there's no coach speak. He's not talking around anything. He is direct. He's fiery. He's a guy who grew up in the Northeast, spent some time, you know, a New Yorker. So you're going to get it exactly um, 
how it comes out of his mouth, and he's not trying to sugarcoat it. And I like coaches like that. I respect that. I think guys in the locker room do. So they're going to go out there and either play for Coach uh, Ross, as they call him, and, and see if they can get these next four games taken care of, or you honor what Bill, uh, Will Healy has done for you in the recruitment and bringing you to Charlotte. And we've heard that, that guys – said their life's changed and, and they made the decision to come here because of Will Healy. So you go out there, whatever that motivation is, you figure out how to get it done. Because if we're honest, I can't point my finger at, uh, you know, any guy that's coming out in this year's class is going to be playing on the next level. This is it. They're yeah. hanging up the cleats. They're turning in the helmets and this will be their last opportunity. But I do have three keys that I think the Niners can go out there. And if they can get these things done on the road, they can play. They can come back with a victory. They can compete. That plane ride coming back from Houston can be a good one. And number one I have here is taking care of the ball. I mean, that's cliche. We know that is part of football. You can't turn the ball over. The Niners did that last week to the tune of six turnovers. You're going to lose football games. You're not going to be able to compete. Your offense is off the field, and you're putting your defense, who is already struggling, in some tough positions. That Niners defense started – the first two drive starts, 28-yard line, 29-yard line. That's not good. You're just teeing up an offense who wasn't explosive to be able to punch it in. Uh, so you can't turn the ball over. You just got to do a good job of keeping Chris Reynolds clean in the po pocket, Molly. I think that's the key. When Chris is clean and comfortable, we've seen the magic that this kid can create. Yeah, and that's what was strange when I was watching some of that game this past weekend is offensively there were lags, right? Or, mm -hmm. or this offense yeah. stumbled or struggled, and that's not something that you expected to see at all this season and certainly expected to see this past weekend. And obviously field position does play a, a big part of it, but I think defensively there were some moments, but offensively I was surprised that they weren't able to click like you would have thought with Chris Reynolds at quarterback. Yeah, the offense, uh, I mean the defense, I should say, they, they're playing better. They are they are improving. Every week you can see some improvement, especially being stout on the goal line. Really a bend but don't break defense. Get in the red zone, get down on the goal line. They've come up with some big stops. But key number two for that side of the ball that they need to accomplish, they got to eliminate the explosive plays. That's been the Achilles heel of this defense. A guy out of position, a busted coverage, a missed tackle, and boom, 30-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, and your offense is, is right back on the field. So for the defense, they got to find a way to limit the Owls, who haven't been a big play team. They drive the ball down the field. They're willing to take check downs and short throws and try to get the ball down the field in that fashion. But if you're this defense, Marquise Watts, you got to generate some some pressure. They got to eliminate these explosive plays. That's key number two. And then I just talked about key number three right there. Get to the quarterback. You got to sack the quarterback. There hasn't been enough sacks this year. Amir Sadiq is leading the team in sacks. Uh, he just came over in the transfer portal. Marquise Watts, who's named captain, started the season two and a half sacks from the all-time record. Um, you know, that's held by Alex Highsmith, who's playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right up there in the top two or three sack artists in the NFL. But Marquise Watts has to contribute, even if it's in the run game, but more importantly, in the sacks. Sacks and pressures are going to create turnovers. Quarterback's going to make quick, bad decisions, or you're going to be able to sack them and get the ball on the ground, and they're going to need production from Amir Sadiq, but more importantly, from their captain and their leader on that side of the ball, Marquise Watts. And 
for you, Al, why hasn't it been there like we thought it would be for Watts? It's a head scratcher. I mean, I don't know. I watched him play. Um, you know, you talk to Coach Brian Baker, and he has full confidence in, in Watts and his ability to go out there and get the job done. Sometimes I think uh, as a, a leader, you start worrying about the eyes that are now on you. And I've said this before in the Charlotte football pod. I think Marquise has been too caught up in being assignment and alignment and technique perfect instead of cutting it loose and just playing football. And, and I think when you get away from – playing the game organically and just from the core, you lose a little bit uh, of the speed and the energy and the fight that you normally see. We've seen this guy put up nine and a half sacks in the season before. Put up, what, six and a half last year. He just has to find that rhythm. He has four and a half, four more opportunities to get that done. And I would love for that to start this week um, against the Owls out uh, at Rice, but uh, there's this program is moving forward. Um, I don't know even if Coach Rosamondo has big plans on being named the full-time head coach. I know he talked about, hey, if they offered me the contract, I would take it. And a lot of that has to do with the attractiveness of this job. And I do think it's a an attractive job, Molly. They have resources in the program. I think Charlotte, obviously, living here is a beautiful place. That campus is incredible. I had no idea it existed or looked like that before I started doing this job about four and a half years ago, being a part of the program. And then, look, it's going to be a big bump, right? You're moving to the American Athletic Conference. You're going to get beat up for a little while, but you're playing against better competition in bigger cities, bigger venues. It's fantastic. If you want to move this uh, this organization, this football team forward, This is a good job if you're a head coach that wants to get a start here. I almost struggle with how attractive it is because I think it can be and I think it should be. But I have always thought this, even as an App State grad, it's like, man, Charlotte could be something so great. It it feels like they're right on the verge of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they have entirely tapped into it. And maybe it's just all football. The success of football, that's when you feel like you've kind of officially made it. For Charlotte, but you even said, Al, you really didn't even know it existed or what it was like until you started working for the program. And you've been here and around Charlotte. And that's, that I think, that I, I understand totally because I agree with you. I drive the campus and it is so nice. Uh, The athletics, the facilities are so nice. So I think it can be attractive. It can be all of those positive things. And like I said, I just feel like there's something missing or they're on the verge of greatness, if you will. But you got to get everything together. And maybe that does just start with Charlotte football. They need a face. Mm -hmm. They need a face of the franchise. It can't be one of the players on the team. It's usually not that unless you're a Heisman Trophy candidate or big time power five school. They need a face. And Brad Lambert was an amazing guy. Another good guy, just like Will Healy. Just rolled out the red carpet, very accommodating for me when I took this job. He got the program off the ground. He's a great football coach, doing a good job with Wake, I think, defense coordinator. Yeah, he's doing really well. So he's doing really well. And then you have Will Healy, who is, you know, 
And, and he and, was the face. He is a face. You know, like He's the club lit, club he lit. was that face. Yeah. But you but need a winning face. Now you need a face yeah. that can win football games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a knock on Will. It is what it is. The record says what it says. You are who you are based on that record. And there's been some names thrown out there. I think bigger personalities, guys that can do the same job or better job at recruiting. I know Pep Hamilton's, a lot of these coaches are still out there coaching. Pep Hamilton, a Charlotte guy, He's coaching in the pro ranks. You know, he coached in the XFL or the USFL, one of those spring leagues. But a good coach who has a lot of experience. Alex Atkins, who maybe was my favorite coach all time on this staff. I mean, the guy was a rock star. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Florida State Seminoles. So, again, a lot of these guys still have jobs. Mike Minter, my former teammate, head coach at Campbell. He's been there for 10 years. The record doesn't reflect uh, maybe the job he's done. He's moved that team from non-scholarship, that program, to a scholarship program. Um, And he also had the number one recruiting class in FCS this season, better than the Charlotte 49ers. How is that looking on paper now? Because I've heard, team. Okay, I'm I'm just making sure because I've heard a lot about Mac Brown and his recruiting. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. You got me there. Good point. (laughs) And then Joe Cox, I know another guy that played high school football in the area, got some ties to the Queen City. So a lot of names are going to be thrown thrown around. I know Mike Hill is going to be using uh, a search firm to try to get this done, find out who's going to be the new coach of the Charlotte 49ers, if it's not Coach Rosamondo, but he has four opportunities to send these kids off in a good fashion. It starts this weekend in Houston against Rice. I'll be on that call with Bobby Rosinski and Matt Swearad. I think broadcast starts at 12 p.m. here on 7.30 the game. Well, we, we'll come back. We'll switch back to the Carolina Panthers. I'm still going I'm riding with the Carolina Panthers, Molly, if you can't tell Woo! on a Thursday, which is my Friday. I'm not rubbing that in. It's oh, my well, Friday, so I'm going to give okay. you my keys to victory for the Carolina Panthers when we return. This is the Al Wallace Show. Welcome back into the Al Wallace Show. Still rolling along on a Thursday edition slash end of the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me here on the Al Wallace and Show. And not only does my Friday actually a Friday tomorrow, <laughs> but it's a four-hour yeah. Friday. <laughs> it's an extended Thanks version. Thanks to you, Al. Of so. the afternoon rush. They'll be with you from two to six. You, you said everybody's out. Who else is out? I know Bobby's Mark gonna, uh, is Mark. on a mini vacation oh. with his wife. So it's me and Mario, which get ready, folks. Get ready. It's going to be a banger. Yeah, that's going to be fun to listen to. But we, you know, we got to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Got to go back. We're going to take uh, AC. He's on the guest line and let AC chime in here on the Carolina Panthers. Maybe the Charlotte 49ers. What you got, AC? Oh, good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm going to ask you some tough questions. Now I'm going to be the businessman. Let me pick your brain for a moment. Look, what did you do in your NFL career in terms of saving money, spending money? You got to teach your tribal chief a little bit of that juice, man, because I want to learn from the bigger people. You know what I'm saying? I don't learn from average Joe because they don't know anything. So teach me some of that so I can apply it to my life. Hey, I love to save. I love to spend. But let me get some education. Thank you so much for taking my call. And how did you lose to Tom Brady, man? I lost to Tom Brady because Tom Brady's the GOAT. We can start right there. Uh, He beat me in a Super Bowl like he beat everybody. Seven teams can say they lost to Tom Brady, but a great experience. AC, I appreciate your call, man. It's always a good question, and I I worked with guys – 
you know, prepping for the draft, NFL draft and, and combines and stuff like that. And a huge part of it was some of that financial literacy. And look, I'm no, you know, financial guy by any means, but I think what helped me in my career or post career was being able to always remind myself that I was undrafted, um, that I wasn't a first round pick. I didn't get, I got a whopping $5,000 signing bonus, which uh, at 22 years old, probably didn't make it through the first weekend. Once I got back to college park, Maryland and hung out with my buddies and, and did the things 22 year olds do. But I think as you move along, you just realize that this isn't going to last forever. And I think, for me, on a personal note, I understood that. So I always planned on living a comfortable life and not a life for show and to impress people with the cars and the watches and the things. And I think that that humility that I've carried on is, is been able to help me make some good decisions. Now, you get people around you, you get good teams um, of people that really understand um, finances and investing and, and how to take care of your money in those different ways. But look, man, I come from very humble beginnings down in Delray beach, Florida, and nothing was ever given to me. So I didn't grow up with it. And I always treated it like, uh, with respect in the way that I knew wasn't going to last forever. So I would rather live comfortably for a long time than live big and flashy for a short period of time to impress people, to be honest with you that I really don't care about. So those were my decisions. Maybe not great financial decisions or what you were looking for as far as some, you know, stock tips, but um, man, just, just take care of it. Take care of it. Realize how much of a, of a blessing it is, especially from a little kid from a little beach town down in South Florida, but got the Carolina Panthers uh, AC. We appreciate you buddy. And they got to have, something to go into this game with as game plans right keys to victory and we do this every single week just share my part from what i've seen throughout the course of the year and how to help this football team and we heard from uh al Holcomb, we heard from ben mcadoo today and i think their press conferences are better i don't know why it's weird that the head coach is no longer the you the head think coach. their press conferences are better now i think so wow interesting yeah. i haven't paid attention enough so i i just find that but there's no really more awkward jokes with, huh. with ben mcadoo and i think he is more uh, forthcoming with the information or answering the questions, right? It doesn't feel like he's – I thought those guys all felt like they were on the, being attacked when Matt Rule was the head coach. And I don't know if that was some prep, pre-conference uh, presser prep that they did where they said, hey, he's just it's about the guys in the building and we're not giving away information. They're answering the questions. Al Holcomb feels as comfortable as anyone talking about the depth, talking about the linebacker position and being able to rotate those guys in and out secondary he addressed how they were going to take care of Kyle Pitts who's not having a good year for the Atlanta Falcons but is certainly one of those hybrid guys and a threat being more sound in the running game and how that's helped this team and he really praised Derek Brown and Matt Ioannidis on the middle the big guys being able to create some push not only in the pass game but as well as the pass rush and and how big that's played uh for this team so yeah, it's little things. I mean, I think it's always awkward because you don't want to give away too much information if you're the coordinators and you know the press is going to ask you things that may, you know, ask you to reveal certain parts of the game plan or personnel and injuries. But I think 
they've done a better job. For me, Molly, it just looks like they've been more relaxed. Have you seen something different? You've seen more of the No, same? I haven't paid attention enough, yeah. to, even before or after, uh, because gotcha. a lot of the times during the show, it's either, you know, I get the updates on Twitter, things like that, read David Newton, Joe Person, whatever that may be for those updates. But I do find that interesting and maybe you are right or maybe you really are all in on the panthers now that's what you are as crazy I'm, and hey, wrong as i thought you were the to Kool-Aid begin with cup might be full the Kool-Aid cup <laughs> i'll might buy be the ed holcomb full. thing the the mcadoo thing i find if that is the case really intriguing because then you obviously do point to matt rule and how everybody is handling themselves vastly different pre-Matt Rule versus post-Matt Rule. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been asked questions about the running game and why they produced, and is it a running back by committee? And he, I mean, he's just answered the questions. I think before he was trying to be witty and elusive in answering those questions, and it stemmed from that first press conference when he talked about Sam being the quarterback, and then he had to come back and kind oh, of back right. that back back out of that. So I think it made it awkward for him with the media. Right, he overstepped his position right it wasn't his his position to be able to tell things like that so i think he's been better and uh i'm gonna stand on it i've been drinking kool-aid this morning it's okay i'm gonna drink it for the rest of the week (laughs) i need it to be spiked (laughs) uh with the end of this week here as i prepare for this charlotte 49ers game but look here are the three keys we'll get through these i know we're going to be up against it here in a couple of minutes but i think they have to stay with that ground and pound talking about ben mcadoo stay with the ground and pound it's the strength of the offensive line if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Run the ball, hand it off to your guys in the backfield, lean on that good offensive line. Just take some of the air and the steam out of that Atlanta Falcons defense and dominate those guys on the line of scrimmage. Man, Foreman was great. Chuba Hubbard ran hard. I hope he's healthy enough to get back in there and be in that rotation. But Molly, when I look at the difference on offense, it was the commitment to the run and the design and the game plan, the scheme that Ben McAdoo had to line up in I formation, put P.J. Walker under center and hand the ball off. And they got it done to the tune of 173 yards. And I am right there with you with this. And with Chuba Hubbard being injured, that does suck for him because I thought he had a fine performance. Now, I have still plenty of questions with Chuba Hubbard and his hands or lack thereof yeah, when it was to catching the football. No. Uh, but Foreman, it's like, man, you've been waiting for not that in performance entirely, but something like that. So Hubbard not at practice again for the second straight day. Uh, maybe you don't expect a lot from him or anything from him on Sunday. But to have Foreman now stepping in as the guy, that's... That's it for this Panthers offense. So the offensive line, which I know you talked about earlier this week, it gives you a little bit more belief in this Panthers team when it comes to the development of these guys, even looking ahead to next year and Icky at the left tackle position. But you finally have this offensive line that is adequate. That is better than just average, right? We were just striving and hoping for average for so many years here in Carolina. And you see on Sunday the advantages that it has and it plays into and how you're able to have success on the ground with Foreman and just his running style. Yeah, it's fun. It was definitely fun to watch. And got a shout out. We're talking about running back for Steven Davis and Deshaun Foster by the GOAT. I don't know if you've seen that uh, meme or tweet that's going around with Tom Brady. So (laughs) shout out to my guys, uh, Smoke and and, uh, Big Steven Davis. But the 
key number two, it's Marcus Mariota, right? Make him play quarterback. And I'm not telling you that he's um, Michael Vick or anything like that down there with the Falcons, that he's going to be running around and he's Lamar Jackson. you got to pay attention to him. But make him stay in the pocket. Force him to throw the ball. He's averaging about seven carries a game. A lot of those are come from scrambles and broken plays where he's able to make some things happen, like most really athletic quarterbacks, and generate some offense. If you can keep him in there, force him to throw, this team is only averaging 151 yards in the air, you got a good chance of having some success and maybe creating some turnovers on defense. And then we'll go straight to number three. Man, it's time we see a scoop and score. I need a pick six. I need something. No turnovers a week ago, Molly. This team is still one. They, they got to get a turnover. I just want to see my guys on the defensive side of the ball with the ball in their hands, running to that camera, which we never got an opportunity to do when I was playing. I had four uh, interceptions in my career. Uh, to be able to celebrate like that is really fun. It helps the offense, and it really gets you going when the defense can generate turnovers and get the ball back for P.J. Walker, who's going to start this game in the Carolina Panthers. Give me Frankie Louvu with the yeah. sack, force fumble, and Derek Brown with the recovery and the scoop and Oh, score. the big man rumble, mm-hmm. big man Hell touchdown. Yeah. I'll take that all day to see <laughs> the big man who's played so well, maybe the most improved player on this football MVP team so far cer- certainly on the defense i'd no go frankie louvu but just because if he's been injured and then sunday was kind of quiet considering the hell of a year yeah. that he's had so i'll take Derek brown i'll take i'll give or Derek, johnny hecker yeah, i'll give oh not a uh, kick punter he's yeah. good he's the how best i lost the uh, top four four earlier this week but i, I stand by that decision for oh. a two-win team johnny hecker is the mvp that's bad that's really bad for this organization but we're almost done here we got one more segment we'll be wrapping it up we'll come back on the al wallace show with some weekend matchups wrapping things up here on the al wallace show this is a thursday be out tomorrow headed to houston texas where rice and charlotte game Coverage starting here on 7.30 game at noon. That Molly and Mario, they're going to be doing all the heavy lifting, extended. But he's got to do it. Afternoon rush tomorrow. Got everybody in studio here today. Molly, Bobby, and Mark. Afternoon rush it coming up here, 3 to 6. But Like you're ready to enjoy a spiked Kool-Aid, and you've just like double rubbed everything in because <laughs> pregnant, so zero Kool-Aid in my life. Oh, Please spiked. It's your Friday, so... Thanks a lot, Al. I started off the show you, saying my soul hurt a little bit. Now I am just rock you're bottom. You're a team player. <laughs> I can appreciate team players, right? Sometimes, you know, you got to score 40 points for us to win. My back and, hurts from carrying no, you guys. But I it's fine. You, Somebody's got to do it. I, I do think you carry the afternoon rush. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're listening, but I'm just going to be honest there. But we're going to wrap it up here. We're going to look at some of these matchups here on the weekend. Starting off in college football. Got some good matchups coming up. Got an ACC matchup. NC State going to be hosting Virginia Tech. That's coming up 730 tonight, I believe it is. And mm-hmm. then Utah. Number 14, Utah and Washington State at 10 p.m. So you got some college games tonight. NC State, while it's been one of those games or one of those teams, like such high expectations coming into the year. The defense was supposed to be all world. It just, they just, it feels like every year we're in the same spot, right? They're enough, doing enough to be in the top 25, but never enough to be true, true contenders in the ACC. So how do you get Dave Durant, like how do you get them over the hump? This has been a, a curious football team with a lot of talent. Guys are going to the NFL, but they can't win the ACC. They can't 
play or win, I should say, the games in the ACC that they need to. Yeah, I think it's just this weird acceptance of you just are cool with a perennial nine win, eight, nine win team and <laughs> mediocrity uh, under uh, Dave Dorn. Now, I think it's a little bit different now because Devin Leary is out. I just think it's a, a wash for the rest yeah. of the season and a pass. I would say I w- if I'm an NC State fan, I'm more disappointed last year not taking advantage and being in the ACC uh, championship versus this year because it did feel like that down year for Clemson, right? And everybody mm-hmm. else. This year, a little bit more respectable around the league. Uh, and so I, I would be more disappointed in how things went last year. But again, just you just ho-humming along with eight, nine wins and you're cool with it. I don't know NC State how many wins they'll end up with this year. It has not been a bad season by any stretch of the Mm -hmm. imagination, but you're not getting over that hump to be Clemson or even like Wake Forest. I mean, Wake Forest continues to be underrated and yet you've got a guy in Sam Hartman who's still Never not getting enough him. Heisman votes or Heisman uh, looks here I mean, at this the kid point. almost died this offseason, yes. right? We thought he was like done right. for the year, or yeah. done for career, was so mysterious, didn't know, and he comes back and he's Nobody's he's even talking about that nope, right now. He's not going to be in the conversation. Other top 25 matchups, got number two, Ohio State, at number 13, Penn State, up in Happy Valley. That should be a pretty good matchup. I just think the Buckeyes are still – too talented. Um, C.J. Stroud still too good with those wide receivers, the way they play defense up there. It's going to be too much for Penn State to handle up there, even at home in Happy Valley, which should be a pretty good atmosphere for this football game. Yeah, this one is a huge spread. We were talking about it yesterday on the afternoon rush, and I know Penn State isn't that great, but it's the environment. It's the fact that you're on the road against Penn State. Now, Ohio State should go out. They should take care of business this weekend. They should also beat Michigan. This should be an undefeated team, a college football playoff team, but... We've been there before with Ohio State and even Ryan Day. So I am I'm hesitant to be like, oh, yeah, Sharpie, this team in is any playoff team. Yeah, but they should be. They should be. And then you got the annual Florida-Georgia game. I'm not sure if this game – it should be played on campus. I think they always do this game in Jacksonville, if I have it right. It's always a neutral site hey, game. Neutral and I know site. Kirby Smart is it's now pound- upset yeah, about it. I, so. I do remember seeing that this week. He's upset about it. I mean, this is a home game for Georgia. Why are you playing in Jacksonville, Florida? That's probably closer to the University of Florida in Gainesville than it is uh, to Athens. But nonetheless, Georgia should be able to handle the Gators in this matchup. I still do think they're the number one team in all the land. And then you got Kentucky, number nine Kentucky against Tennessee. Back up there in Neyland Stadium, number three, the Hendon Hooker train, Heisman (laughs) train continues. This should be a pretty good matchup. Kentucky plays good football. We know Will Levis is is a pretty good uh, quarterback, Hendon Hooker. This could be a matchup of two guys in the conversation to being two of the better quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. Exactly, and two quarterbacks that Scott Fitter is probably watching this Somebody's weekend. Somebody's going to be in that I building. have a Somebody's feeling <laughs> Scott Fitter will be there this weekend watching both of these quarterbacks. Yeah, this should be a good one. ACC matchup, Syracuse. Uh, it's going to host Notre Dame. Georgia Tech at Florida State. Florida State needs to win. Uh, Norvell, that team, again, like NC State, always high expectations, never get it done. The sorry Mario Washington beloved Miami Hurricanes at Virginia. They're not. I, I'm. Uh, who cares? Wake Forest <laughs> at Louisville. Um, 
you think uh what's his name satterfield is he gonna keep that job is he you, you know, know it's, it's such seat? a weird weird topic of conversation right now for sat and louisville i feel like the pressure is off a little bit but i also feel with the schedule coming up for louisville and not necessarily this weekend i don't see the cardinals beating wake forest but with the schedule coming up it's pretty tough i mean so if this is not a bowl team at the least, I think Scott Satterfield is out. In fact, I brought his name up in the, for Charlotte. Yeah. Is that possibility? Uh, but that's, of course, he would have to be fired. Yeah, first. he would have to be fired. Uh, Not that, to that fire be, him off already. But. Uh, I think that would be a good, that would be great if they can pull that off. It would with be Mike huge. Hill. That would be huge. huge. And see. even, I mean, and I'm, I'm just making it up and just want to dream it, but to imagine the regional, like the. The matchups with App State, Charlotte, the rivalry truly that you could get to have Satterfield at Charlotte. Jim I just Clark. love that yeah, idea App of State. everything. Yeah, that'll be fun. But it's a lot of good matchups in college football. NFL, Thursday night football tonight. Got Tom Brady back on the field again against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a good one. I need Baltimore to beat Tampa. That's going to help out the Carolina Panthers. Well, I'm riding high on. Not going to let Molly talk me out of it. They're going to go to Atlanta. <laughs> I don't think I can. And win these football games. And then who cares game of the week? In London, Denver, Jacksonville, not don't care. 49ers, Rams, Giants, and Seahawks, two surprisingly good teams. Packers at Bills, Sunday night football. Then you got the Patriots and the Jets. Can the Jets get it done without their main runner, Brees Hall, on injury reserve for the rest of the week? Well, that's the end of my week here on the Al Wallace Mm. Show. We'll be Headed to Houston tomorrow. I'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Coming up right here on 730 The Game, it's the Afternoon Rush. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.